I just welcome you today, not only to Boomerang Blue Day, but also to a new series, There's Hope. And uh, we're starting in There's Hope today. And what I do realize is that someday this will be on archives and people might not know that Boomerang Blue Day is here, so I want to kind of give a disclaimer. No, my hair is not always like this. We are having a spirit day here at, here at church. Everybody's in blue. You can look around. Everybody's in blue. But it is a great day. It's just a fun day. It's a family day. And uh, we take the word very serious, but... We also have a lot of fun in the joy of the Lord, and that's what today's about. And uh, So just enjoy yourself and let the Lord speak to you. Amen? So um, today we're starting in There's Hope. And this is what I want to get across to you in this series. There's hope. Yep. That's, <laughs> there's hope. That's what I want to get. That's what I want you to get. I'm so glad. All right, we're done. That was good. Amen. Let's eat. No. Um, you know, here's one of the things is that God, God is a God of hope. And the devil is looking to steal hope at every turn, at every place. He wants to steal your hope, put you in fear, put you in worry, anxiety. Take that hope away so that you do not apply any faith towards God. Because without hope, what do you have to put faith in? And hope right now, at the time that we're at, as we're closing out this age and moving to the time uh, of eternity, moving into eternity, as this age is coming to an end, man, the devil is working overtime to steal hope. And let me tell you this, I believe that there's coming a time, it already is right now, but listen to this very carefully, I believe that there is coming a time in the very near future where hope is going to be one of the most valuable things that you can have. And the world is going to be looking for it, and we're the people called to have it. We are the people called to have hope. Christians, believers, people that are heirs of the kingdom of God, they're called to have hope. And man, the devil has been trying to steal it from you because he, I believe he knows this as well. I believe that he knows the power and the importance of hope. And we're, we're going to talk more about the definition of hope, but today I just want to give you one that I found recently. Uh, when I was just looking up hope, it said this, and I think this fits the Bible definition of hope the best. Hope is a grounds for believing that something good will happen. It's the grounds. It's the foundation for believing something good's about to happen. Amen. This is, this is who God is. And when we can't find any ground to stand on that something good's about to happen, that's when hope becomes lost and that's when the devil uh, has been able to eat our lunch. But he's not going to eat our lunch anymore because there is hope and there's hope in God. He's not going to eat our lunch because of a lack of hope because we're going to decide to put hope on and we will receive the product of hope. Amen? Right now, you know, where is hope in the world? You turn on the news, there's not any hope there. You look to Washington, there's not any hope there. This election cycle, that's not going to be our answer. I don't care which side of the aisle you fall on or neither side. That's not our answer. Our answer is in the hope of God. 
That's where the answer is. That's our hope. Where's the hope in the world? In the world, there is none. All it offers is it offers you luck, but it does not offer you true hope. And even if it does offer you a little bit of luck for a period of time, as soon as you get a hold of it, it seems like it's being released out of your hand. Because everything in the world is temporal. It's temporary. It does not offer something that is eternal. It does not offer you the hope that is eternal. We need hope now more than ever. And I, I just did a, a Google search on hope, and one of the things that popped up was this. And let me share this image with you. And this is where how hope is mentioned throughout history. So this is how hope was mentioned throughout history. And you see it goes back there to the 1800s all the way up to today. And, and you know, back in 2000, the mentions of hope bottomed out. <laughs> Like it's, it's the lowest it's been in, in close to 200 years was in 2000. And what happened? You go on from there, 2000, the bottom drops out of the stock market. Look at what's happened. You know, I used to believe in, um, as a child, I used to believe that, that, you know, we would see the end times come about. But I'd be in my 80s, maybe my 90s, you know, before I really saw that stuff. I never thought that I would see time coming to an end, coming to the, the coming of Christ, the, the rapture of the church. I never believed I would see that in you know, that time getting so close in my 40s and 50s. I never believed that. I just thought it'll, it'll come probably in my lifetime, but it'll be a ways off. Man, you start seeing stuff like hope disappear and all of a sudden the world can turn down very quickly. And I'm telling you in the last 10 years things that I thought was not even be possible in my lifetime. In 10 years they have fallen off the cliff in terms of godliness. And hope has been one of those things. And then you reach, here's the thing though, you get to the place where hope bottoms out and and you know what happens? And this is why you see from about 2000 on up people got to the place where they didn't have hope and guess what? Hope wasn't around necessarily. Uh, They didn't see any of the products of hope manifest. Well, then they get to the place where they don't have any other choice but to turn to something. Even if they can't see it, I've got to believe in something. They start putting hope in their mouth again. I believe that's what you see in that uptick. But even at our best, even right now where hope has swung up over the last couple years, even at our best, we're only half of the mentions of hope as it was in the 1840s. They talked about hope so much there. See, there's something about, do you remember Israel where they would, they would go after God and they would flourish and then they would go after the world and they'd, you know, not flourish? Yeah, that was real technical. And then, then they'd go after God and they'd flourish and then they wouldn't go after God and they'd not flourish. I thought I'd repeat that since it was so technical the first time. You know, but you see how they do that? They go after the Lord and, and things go great. A lot of times what we see in society is just this, is that you know when we don't have anything else, we're at the bottom. There's no place to turn but God. But if we would learn when we're not at the bottom to turn to, to God, we would not, even, not just flourish, but we would move in abundance. 
And that's the plan of God. That's the plan. God never meant for us to go after him, then turn back. Then go after him, then turn back. we got to realize, I, I've learned this um, over the years. I wouldn't have understood this probably 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But I've understood that some of the, for me personally, and maybe it's like this, been like this for you too. For me personally, some of the hardest places for me to maintain my walk with God is when everything's going great. It wasn't the bottom. The bottom was easy for me to look up because that's the only choice I had. But if I could make him my only choice when I'm at the top, if we could make him our only choice when we're at the top, where could God take us? This is what hope does. It turns the situation around. And when here's if we enter into some years that are tough and, and people really don't know what's, what the answer is going to be, they're going to be looking for somebody with the answer. And this is the time where God says, we're to be the kind of people that has the answer of hope. They're going to be looking for it. It's going to be a perfect match. We need to learn about hope. We need to know hope. We need to make hope ours more than ever. More than ever. We need hope. And not just that, but you know what? We could use a little in our lives as well. Not just for everybody else, but how about you? Could you... Could you would you be happy if you had a better foundation for belief that something good is about to happen? Would that help you? Oh, man, yeah, it sure would. Here's the thing. This whole series came about because I was reading one day in this verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Let's look there real quick. 13, 13, excuse me. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, But now faith, hope, and love, I'm going to read it in New Living, these three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And one day I was reading that, and I really felt like the Holy Spirit asked me this question. How much preaching have you heard on faith? And I was like, man, I've heard a bunch of preaching on faith. I mean, a lot. You know, some of the guys the Lord had me hanging out with at the beginning of growing up in Him, that's all they talked about was faith. I've heard a bunch of preaching on faith, a bunch of teaching on faith. Then the Holy Spirit said, how much preaching and teaching have you heard on love? And I thought, man, I've heard a ton on love. I've heard a lot on love, you know, a bunch. And then the Holy Spirit said, how much have you heard on hope? And I went... <laughs> I couldn't even remember a message. I knew I'd heard some, but it's most of the time it's just mentioned in parting verses. But I don't know that I'd ever heard one message specifically on hope. And what I was sitting there going was, man, if there's three things that last forever, faith, hope, and love, and I, faith is important to preach out about, and love is important to preach about. Man, somebody needs to be preaching on hope. You know, I'm getting this revelation all by myself, you know. <laughs> and, the, and the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, somebody does. I was like, oh, right, uh, I, I'm with you. And he started speaking in my heart, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope. 
there's hope. There's hope no matter what I see. There's hope no matter what I feel. There's hope. And the Holy Spirit started shouting it in my heart. There's hope. Take hope. There's a foundation to believe that good things are about to happen. There's a foundation there. Our world is temporal. Our world is temporary. The solutions that it offer, offers you, they come and they go. But there's three things that last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And hope is one of those things. And see, if we're looking for more safety and we're looking for more security in our life, here's where we're going to find that. In the three, three things that God has told us will last forever. Three things will give us a foundation where the foundation will not be shaken. Faith, hope, and love. Hope is one of those things that will give you the balance in your life where the devil can't shake you because my foundation is firm. Hope is one of those things. As much as I knew about faith and as much as I knew about love, I still needed to go deeper into faith and deeper into love, but I sure didn't need to just you know not overlook hope. I didn't need to overlook that. I needed to make sure that I knew that and I went deeper into the hope of God because that's a part of my foundation where my life won't be shaken. Wouldn't you like it where your life couldn't be shaken? Things, Even something could happen to you and yet you're not moved. Do you know what that does for your confidence in living? It's awesome. It turns the tide. All of a sudden, somebody can talk to you bad all they want to. You're not moved by that because your foundation's not in that. My foundation's not in temporary things that the world offers, even a good-paying job or, or even a, a future and, and benefits. My, my foundation's not found just in a good wife. That, that still can be temporary. You have to understand that those things can be temporary or a good boyfriend or girlfriend or all of that stuff or in, you know, fun stuff like boats and cars that that is all temporary and as quickly as it comes it can go but if I will make my foundation faith hope and love those things won't be shaken those things will stand and so something can come in bad and all of a sudden I'm sitting there going this is not a big deal now, people who are used to temporary foundations, they're going to look at that and they're going to say, not a big deal. What are you talking about? That's crazy. But you, they don't understand the foundation that you have. It can't be shaken. The foundation that gives you the right to stand up and believe that God's about to do something good. It's not shaken. It's not moved. We can have this kind of confidence, this kind of security. I'm telling you, it's found in hope. But see, here's the other thing. When you're standing there and the world is shaking around you, there'll be people that say, I'm tired of shaking too. How do I get out of it? And the Holy Spirit, it will put a spotlight on you and say, they know how to. They know how to stand in the midst of everything shaking around them. This is a part of not only does God want to make you strong and have a firm foundation for you, yourself, personally, but it's also a part of the plan where God says, this is how my kingdom will advance. Will you partake in it? Will you take on the responsibility to grow in hope? Will you take on your responsibility to be the ambassador that I've called you to be? 
This is how important hope is. Let's look at this, Romans 15, 13. And again, I'll say, our world is temporal, but our hope is not. In Romans 15, 13, this is an amazing, amazing verse. It says this, And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The will of God for you is not just that you will have hope, but that hope will abound in you. That you'll have so much, you'll be looking to give it away because you got more than enough hope. This is God's will for you. And, and I can, don't raise your hand, but have you ever been at the place where hope, mm, it was not abounding? I have. I know a lot of people that will be hearing this message. They're not at that place. I would say probably everybody here and everybody listening, our hope could rise up a few more notches. It could probably move into more abundance. And so no matter where you are, whether you've got no hope or you've got some, I think we all can move into the place where it abounds more in us. And the will of God says, you want it to abound in you? I'm willing to abound it in you. This is the heart of God. Why? Because he's willing to give you more of himself. And if you look at the first part of that scripture, it says that God is the God of hope. It's who he is. God is a hopeful God. You know, I remember years ago somebody said, well, don't get your hopes up. And man, it just crossed me. So, I mean, it just went across me and cut across the grain of who I thought God was. I mean, it just, it was, I went, Oh, it's like, you know, scratching a record, you know, it just, it, no, stop. What did you just say? That, and, and it's like the Holy Spirit said, that is not me. That's not me. And then I understood it, but I didn't fully understand it. But I got a better picture of it now because when God is a God of hope, for me to say, don't get your hopes up, it's like me saying, don't get into God. God is hope. No wonder the devil's trying to steal it from you. No wonder he's trying to get you out of hope. He's trying to get you out of God. That's what the devil's after. To deny hope. If I'm going to deny hope and not allow hope to rise up inside of me, to deny hope, if God is hope, is to deny God. So now let me paint a picture of that. And to deny God is to deny your hope. So let me give you a picture of that. In other words, I'm going through something and it just feels like it's too much. I can't come out of it. I can't see. Everything's dark. I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And the devil is sitting there trying to tell you all the bad stuff. And you know, you've been there. I've been there. We've all been there. You're at that place and somebody comes to you with a message of hope and you're like, shut up, man. You don't even know. You know, we're in that spot and we're like, quit talking to me like that. You don't know. You're not in my position. Y'all have never felt that. I've felt that. But all of a sudden, all right, what's speaking right there to get you to turn away a message of hope? Who, let me ask you this way, who's working against you? It's not God. Who's working against you to deny hope? Because if you deny hope, 
is like you're denying God's help. Who's working against you in that moment? The devil. See, and here's the thing. If the devil can work in this world and he can get people to say there is no God, if, if the devil can work on people and work on people through the corruption of the world to say there is no God, to deny God is to deny the hope that he's trying to get to them. That's what he's after. He doesn't care if they know there's a God. He knows there's a God. What he's after is to deny their hope. It's a big piece of it. It's a big part of it. He's just trying to get them to the place where they walk in and they're completely hopeless so they will do whatever he wants them to do. Take the mark of the beast, do all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's all, there's all kinds of stuff. Maybe he just wants to train wreck their life because he loves stealing, killing, and destroying. He gets off on that stuff. That's who he is. He's a jerk. And what he does is he'll either try to get you to deny hope on one side and deny the presence of God in your life or deny God uh, that God even exists or deny God presence in your life so that he can steal your hope. Because he knows you get on hope, you can't be shaken. And he wants you unstable. You have to see what he's working. But you also have to see on the opposite side of that, what is God working? God's saying, as much as he wants to tear you down, I want to build you up. As much as, as much as he wants to destroy your life, I want to overflow you with life. As much as he wants to shake you, I want you on a firm foundation. That's the heart of God. That's his love. See, to accept hope, and you're in the middle of that situation, it's dark again, somebody comes with a message of hope, and you have those feelings, shut up, man. And what you're doing is you, when you stop and say, wait a minute, hold up, time out. I'm not going to deny God in this situation. I need, I need to accept Him. I need, if any time I needed God's help, now's it. Now's the time then we got to turn towards Him. And that means if I'm going to be accepting God, i got to accept His hope. And i got to see a light that I can't see right now. i got to accept that something good's going to happen whether or not I can see how it's going to happen or not. That Now I'm grabbing a hold of hope, and when I grab a hold of hope, I'm throwing open the door for God to walk right into my life. There's hope. To accept hope, is to accept God. And to accept God is to accept hope. So see, when somebody says, well, God can help you. And you know, get somebody in this world, in this society right now that's sick, and you ask them, can I pray for you? Now, there's a few that'll be like, oh, yes, please, Lord, pray for me. You know, there's a few. But there's a whole piece of society. And a lot of them go to church where they don't believe that your prayer is going to change anything yeah go ahead and pray for me and basically what they're saying is if it makes you feel better yeah just whatever you know but they don't believe that prayer is going to change a thing why because they don't they have no hope that something good's about to happen they have no expectation no confidence so in other words if we're going to accept the help of god if we're going to we're going to have to put on hope so even when we don't see the light, we don't see how God's going to do it, we don't see the end of the tunnel, 
All we can see is darkness. We got to make a decision, a, a proactive decision. I'm going to put on hope. There is hope for me. Because here's the thing, as long as there's a God of hope, there is hope available. Because God's love demands that there be hope in my life, that there be hope for me. This is what I want out of you today. When life hands you those lemons, I want you to go to the place where your mind says, I don't care about those lemons, there's hope, there's hope. When the doctor's report is bad, I don't care what he says is bad. There's hope. There's hope. Get it in you. There's hope. There's hope. Get it in you. Get it in your heart. Get it in your mind. Because to deny that there's hope is to deny that there's a God that loves you. And he loves you so much. He's been wanting to get his hope into you for so long. So much so that he gave Jesus for you. When you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, what comes out of you, you start putting pressure on you and what starts coming out of you is there's hope. It's turning. There's a foundation for belief that good things are about to happen right now. Right now, there's hope. When the bill collectors keep calling, there's hope. When you don't have the wisdom to figure it out, how am I going to get out of this mess? I have no idea. What you immediately need to have that your mind set on and turned to is there's hope. When you just need, I just need a breakthrough. When you feel the pressure of life, uh, Chris, will you come here? I'm only doing that because <laughs> your face. Boomerang Blue Day, woo woo. When any of that stuff comes and puts pressure on you. See, look here. When, when, I, when I pushed his chest like this, y'all couldn't hear it, but he, he exhaled because I'm, that pressure is pushing out what's on the inside of him. If we will fill ourselves with the hope of God and open up the door for God to fill us with that hope, then when the pressure of the world comes and it puts, hope, it puts pressure on us in that problem, what will come out of us is what we're filled with. And if we're filled with hope, we will then open the door for God to get involved. In other words, that pressure. And when that pressure comes, boom, there's hope comes out. Boom, there's hope comes out. Boom, there's hope comes out. No matter what that pressure is in your life, no matter what... Boom! There's hope comes out of you. That's what I want coming out of you. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, no matter, no matter what people are saying or talking about or how much it is on, on the news. I don't care if it's on top of the news. I don't care if it's on the bottom. I don't care if it's everywhere in the news. When that pressure hits you, there's hope comes out. Amen? Amen. When it seems like it's taken too long, there's hope. This is the place that God wants us to get to. Is no matter what we face. And listen, you might be saying this. That sounds great and I want that, Brian, but I have no idea how to do that. Here's the first step. Just start accepting that there is hope. There is hope. The world's told you, it's preached it to you, 
It shows you on the news every single night that there ain't any hope left. But God says this, as long as I'm here, the God of hope, there is hope for you. There is hope. God is a God of hope and His love demands that He is there for you. See, for us to say that there isn't any hope is to say that God doesn't care about me and He'll never be here for me. And that's just a lie that the devil and a corrupted world has taught you because he, the world has taught you that you are not valuable, that you're not good enough. But God looked down from heaven a long, long time ago and declared, you are valuable to me. Even if you're not valuable to anybody else, you are valuable to me. So much so that I will give my most valuable thing in the whole universe, my only son, and I will give him for you. He declared your value. This is something that uh, uh, Jeremy was talking about. He said, who determines the price and the value of something? Is it the seller? No. The seller can put a price on it, but if nobody buys it, that value means nothing. The person who determines the price of an object is the buyer. And God the Father decided when he bought your life back from death, hell, and the grave that the price was the most valuable thing in all of the universe. That's what he thought about you. Because he'd put a price tag on you that said, my most valuable thing I have is my son Jesus. And you're worth it. And so when the devil comes and he says, God's not going to be there for you, you can say, no, 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 no. That may have been what I used to think, but I don't think that anymore. What's coming out of me now is that there is hope. God's love demands that He be there for you. And then, how can I say that there is hope? If you go over to Romans 5 and verse 5, it just says this, This hope in God, it will not lead to disappointment. See, a lot of times people will say, well, don't get your hopes up because they don't know the promises of God. And I'm sorry if they didn't know and I'm sorry if you grew up on that. But I'm here to tell you today that it's a different day for you because you're finding out some of the promises of God and what God has said about you, how valuable you are, what He is all about, and what His hope will do. His hope will not disappoint you. It will not disappoint you. As long as you're willing to throw open the door and let God and let hope in, that hope will not disappoint you. Amen? Let's turn here. This is in the message translation. It's Romans 15, 12 and 13. We've read this verse, but I want to read it to you from the message. It says this, In Isaiah's word, there's a root of our ancestor Jesse breaking through the earth and growing tree tall tall enough for everyone everywhere to see and take hope he's talking about you Jesus planted himself in the soil of the Old Testament and then he brought up a family tree that includes you and in you, the hope will be seen. This tree is growing now in this world. And God's plan is for the world to look at that tree and say, There's hope! There's hope! 
That's his plan. Oh, may the God of green hope fill you up with joy. Oh, may fill you up with peace so that your believing lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over with hope. Let me read that again. Oh, may the God of green hope, in other words, this new tree that he's created, uh, this God of hope, fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives, filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over with what? With hope. Now let's read this 1 Corinthians 13, 12 and 13 in the message. It says this, we don't see yet things clearly. You know, in this world, we don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing Him directly just as He knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us towards that consummation. Trust steadily in God, number one. Two, hope unswervingly. Three, love extravagantly. And the best of these three is love. There's three things, three things here. Trust steadily in God. These are our responsibilities. These are the things that we should be about. And when we do these things, they're everlasting. They will stand. They will give us the foundation that God wants us so much to have. Do these th three things. I charge you today, whoever's hearing this, whenever you're hearing this, do these three things. Trust steadily in God. Don't let go of your trust. Hope unswervingly. Don't, don't hope today and not tomorrow and then again and then not. No, let your hope be pure. Hope unswervingly and love each other and the world and God extravagantly. We do those things, our foundation will be solid. One of those three pieces, those three legs of the stool so it won't tilt over. There's hope. There's hope. Right now, what I want you to do, I want you to think about something. Just close your eyes for a second. And what I want you to think about is, you know, maybe during this message, uh, maybe during this message, you've had something that has been, man, challenging your hope. And what I want you to start thinking about right now is the fact that even in the midst of that, God's wanting to come through. And maybe today, just while I was preaching, you got breakthrough and you're on top of this thing now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope unswervingly in God. Maybe you're on top of it now. But there's something about getting prayer for it. There's something about coming under the authority and submitting yourself to somebody who's operating in the authority on God's behalf that allows us to break free and set that thing so it's not flimsy, but it's solid and standing strong in God. 
So I want you to start thinking about that. Paul, come on up here. And while you're thinking about that, I want you to hear this testimony too of hope. A testimony of hope. But I want you to be thinking, what's that thing that's been giving me a hard time? Or maybe I still got to get over on it. Or maybe you don't have anything right now, but you know that at some point in the future there will come a time where you really need to have hope. There's hope in God. Be thinking about that thing and I'm going to ask you to come up and get prayer in just a second. Go ahead. I don't know how many of y'all know what happened to me a month ago, but uh, I was at work and I do construction and I was in the middle of going from a scaffold to the roof and the scaffold fell and I dropped seven feet and straddled the rail while I broke my pelvis in four spots. Pulled my urethra out of my bladder. Um, had a half surgery that week to try to align it up. The doctors were telling me, you know, it'd be six months before they can reattach everything, and I had to go to Duke University for organ reattachment. And told me that I pretty much would be walking with a walker for a couple months because of the broken pelvis and everything. Well, came home, was laying around, and got really depressed because you know you. You don't realize how much you're going to need help until, you know, the reality hits. And, you know, that week had been a rough week for me and my family to begin with. Uh, that Monday I had a migraine and missed work. And then Wednesday we had a tree fall and it fell the way it fell between two houses and missed the power lines 20 seconds later, earlier. And my wife was on the way to church. She would have been pulling out of the garage and would have been crushed by the tree. Um, the tree actually fell a couple inches from her feet while she was putting stuff in the car. Um, I took that Thursday off to clear out behind the garage just in case she had an emergency with her newborn to be able to get to the hospital or wherever she needed to go. Well, then it turned out Friday when I went back to work, I was the emergency she was going to have to get out, get out for. Um, I was airlifted to CMC Maine as a priority one. I had uh, doctors tell me, you know, nobody could really give you a straightforward answer because of all the damage and everything was done. But as I was laying in the bed and Brian Nicole came, Brian told him, told me that uh, God had told him that it gave him two words that was going to be quick and miraculous. And, you know, I'll come home and the physical therapist came out that Friday and the nurse came out and was doing evaluations and the physical therapist was telling me, you know, we just want to start out small. And when somebody tells you, you know, you, it's going to be a while before you can really get up and walk again, it's, it's hard to, to stay positive. But in that aspect, I look back and, you know, the devil tried to get us all that week. And every time he did, God was there to stop it. So that gives you faith, you know, that there's nothing that can come against you when he's for you. And then with that comes love. As I haven't lived here long, I don't know that many people here. And I've had people stop by that I've never met before that God's led them to come see me. And that gives me hope. Because when you look at the news and you see everything going on and then you have people that you've never met before stop by your house just to check on you and tell you that they've been praying for you and give you, you know, $20 here, you know, or bring you dinner. It lets you have hope for humanity when the world's telling you that there is none. So with that, then... The love that I've had, I've loved my wife, but through all this, our love's gone stronger. 
our daughter, everything. I, the things that I've missed while I've been at work, I've got, we got to be a part of. So it's made my faith stronger. It's made my love stronger for not just my family, but for my church and for God. And then my hope every time, because it's been a month almost, and Workman's Comp hasn't let me know anything, but every time we've gotten down to the bottom dollar, somebody just came by and put us right back to where we needed to be. My wife had been stressing, and I've been telling her, you know, God, God's protected this far and blessed us this much. He's not just going to abandon us. And last week, we had literally got down to where we had $8 in our pocket for groceries. And a lady from my work stopped by, and they had done a fundraiser at my work and handled us $400. So we were actually able, the same day that we had looked and seen that, and my wife had started to lose hope, and God refused to let us lose hope. It's I like to look at it as I've had people from work that worked for me that were nice people, but when you look at them, you just don't see God in them. And one of the guys that worked for me, I've been following him on Facebook, and he started going to church. And he's been messaging me, you know, once a week, you know, telling me that he's praying for me and everything. So then that builds your hope up even more that out of my tragedy, I'm bringing life into somebody else through God. And the thing is, everybody's telling me, you know, I can't believe you're healing that fast. And that's why I keep telling my nurses and physical therapists, I'm not healing. I've got a God that's healing me, you know. So it's just, it's one of those things like you can't, you can't lose faith because if you lose faith, then you lose your love. And if you lose your love, you lose your hope. And when you do that, that's when he's really going to hit you. And I thank God that I come to this church and I have the relationship I do with Brian and Nicole because that week would have been the week that it would have been really easy just to fall out and lose everything. But the family I got here is the ones that helped me keep that faith and keep that love, which helped me give my hope. And now there's no way that anybody can tell me that God doesn't exist. Because if they do, they can, I've got, I've got a long story, and I've got plenty of pictures and documentation to show them. Because when you go to the doctors and they're sitting there looking at you like, well, I can't believe you're doing this. It's, it's fun to watch doctors question their own opinions so Amen. Thank you. and so how long did they say you'd be on the walker months at least two yeah you used the walker for how many weeks two and a half weeks quick and miraculous in Jesus name amen you see, no matter what we see or what we feel, that's just the power of God. And do you think that God loves Paul more than he loves you? That, that's not capable. It's not possible for him to not desire the same things, the same hope, the same life, the same power. 
He wants every single one of us to receive that power, that love, and that hope. And so right now, if you've had a situation you're still dealing with,